What's that? What's it? What's the that? Oh, is yeah. that just the wall? Yeah, it's just our. It's just the house. It's the house. Just the pipes, I guess. Something doing. Something. We don't know what it is. Landlady was saying uh, ghosts. <laughs> that's more. That's more, more likely. likely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always best to go for the simplest and most logical answer. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'll be Ian Boothby. You'll be Ian Boothby. Sure, why not? Nice. Let's do it. Let's, uh, Thanks let's, for standing let's, in. Let's get 2020 off to uh, uh, us being ourselves and not being ashamed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's be us. Okay. Let's be as us as possible this year. Mm. And I say to you out there, you be as you as possible. You be you. Yeah. Think of like, what are you? Be that mm. as much as you can be. Okay. Yeah. Unless if, there's a part of you that's like, oh, that's yeah. a real bad part of me. What then if knock a, that what if, off. What if you're a creep? <laughs> Should you just keep being you? You know what? Yeah, because be more <laughs> open as a creep so we can identify it early and oh, uh, and deal with that. That makes sense. Because this slow creep thing where you're like, was that person a creep? I'm not sure. Years later, <laughs> they were a creep the whole time. I wish I'd known that years ago. And then I wouldn't have done all this work with them. And now I don't. Ha- I would have all this stuff with me and the creep together and now i don't want to show the creep stuff Ugh, what a what a waste of all that stuff <laughs> yeah so uh, if you're a creep mm. uh creep it out and yeah. uh, let yourself be known as a creep be honest and uh you know go and creep somewhere else yeah creep it up or fix fix yourself if you can even better fix yourself uh make amends and uh and move on okay i'll take all that under under advisement i do not think you're a creep <laughs> so far so good yeah so far no one's found out yet uh yesterday I guess I was in a bad mood when I got home. I, I didn't... It's one of those things where you're not consciously in a bad mood. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, oh, I feel a little crabby. But other days... And I'm not a very moody person. I'm pretty much like a kind of a... Because Lisa laughed at my moodiness. And she said... She goes, you're, hard, you're hardly ever... She goes, you're hardly ever in a, in a... I can't remember how she described it. She just, basically she said, you're hardly ever moody. That's why I'm laughing. Okay. So I was like, okay. Well, that's good. So then I got out of my moodiness, I guess. Hopefully. Well, what it can be, I was listening to uh, uh, Maria, Maria Bamford's, one of my favorite stand-ups. Mm-hmm. She's got, and I'm not going to do her comedy bit on this, but she was talking <laughs> yes. talking about how she'd be with her husband mm-hmm. and at a certain point they'd just snap at each other or she'd snap at a family member and go, where'd this come from? Yeah. And she was talking to her therapist about it and uh, they said, oh, you reached the saturation point. And it's not that anything is necessarily uh, really bad. It's just that's enough of that. Mm. And you just reach your saturation point and you find yourself just snapping uh, at someone or being snarky. And it's like, oh, where's this? Oh, oh no, I've just had enough of this. Yeah. We've got to like change the subject or I've just got to move away for a bit or mm-hmm. whatever. And no one's, no one's being bad and no one's, nothing's really wrong. It's just, oh, that's enough of that. I've had, uh, I've had enough. And then you got to like, you know, uh, cl- clear yourself of that and, uh, and, uh, and just change it up. Well, I wasn't even being snappy. I, I was just sort of being obtuse. I was just pretending. And I thought I was just kind of playing along. She was making a dumb joke. And I thought I was playing along with her by pretending not to know what she was talking about. But she took that as me being moody. And maybe I, maybe mm. I was. Maybe it was just one more. Uh, you know what? I did come home and get kind of bossy. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. No, nope, it's not good. But you, you uh, <laughs> identified it. And she laughed at it. And uh, that's, that's not, a, that's not yeah. the worst uh the worst uh, I'm, way I'm, of taking it. Yeah, I'm not a yelly person. I don't yell or anything. So, 
but I do. Were people in your family yelly people and so you didn't want to be a yelly person or are you doing what they kind of did but your own version of it? <laughs> um, no. Dedrick 2.0. De- Dedrick 2.0, yeah. That might have been more of my mum there. There's that kind of bossiness of, uh, you know, like, you, you know, it's the sort of thing like, I, you were, we did chores growing up, but we didn't do them well enough. So we would do our chores and then our parents would do them again. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so I would vacuum and then I'd, you know, come downstairs or come home or whatever. And my mom would be vacuuming again. Hmm. And, okay. I mean, you're the one who asked me to vacuum. You know, I'm a teenage boy. So you're going to get a teenage boy's idea of what good vacuuming is. I mean, I didn't, it's not that I was, did it badly. I just didn't, you know, go over the same spot six times or whatever was required. <laughs> it's a vacuum. It's working. Yeah. yeah. It's picking stuff up. I can hear it. You did good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I did teenage boy good enough. Which, when you hire a teenage boy or don't hire, just ask them to do something. You know, you should know that that's the level of quality you're going to get. It feels like, though, if you come home and you see someone redoing your work, then you're really going to not give a shit next time you're doing it because you know it's going to get redone, right? Like, who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, who cares? Like, yeah. well, how, how good it is? So you're never motivated no. to do a better job in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not, and you're not getting praised for it either. No, in fact, it's a bit of an insult. Yeah, seeing it uh, yeah. redone. Well, that's not good enough. Ugh. Would you uh, get the girls to do chores when they were uh, younger? You know what? I was. That's one place I kind of re- regret was when they were little. I was always like, "Well, I just want them to have fun because they're small and they don't need to be doing dumb things." But actually, if I could redo one thing over with <clears throat> with the girls, it's I would have instituted. Um, some level of chores when they were younger, like right away. Okay. Like as soon as you can, it's, you just, cause it's, you know, doing like daily boring tasks, like making your bed and stuff like that is something that you have to kind of get inculcated at a young age. Okay. Otherwise you don't do it, you know? And it's also I, good to learn that you have to do some boring things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause life, not life pain, is full of not boring painful things. things. <laughs> yeah, life is full like of I gotta say, to I used either. to have to mow the lawn in the backyard. But mm. The problem was, uh, it was wasp central back there. Okay, right? It was like seriously dangerous and yeah. stingy, and you know, it was just it was just a big pain. Oh, I thought you meant it was full of white people. Yes, also that. Yeah, actually, no. Well, what era are we talking about? Well. It all changed. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, the insect version of a wasp, uh, yeah, there was a lot of that business uh, back there. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, this is, ow, ah, ah, damn it. You know, it just felt like this feels unsafe and annoying. And yeah, so that was, I, I was not a big fan of that. I really disliked having to mow the lawn because I, I actually like mowing the neighbor's lawns. Mm. Like I would do that for like five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. And it wasn't even the money. It was like one, they had really good lawn mowers. And that was fun. Okay. And then I like just doing a good job and like yeah. get, getting it all nice and, you know, everything lined up and everything looks good. And, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, that's ah, a really good job. And then I do, do mine, like sting, sting, all the, <laughs> I was like, I really, really disliked it. I, I was lucky. I never had to mow the lawn as a, as a teenager because m- my younger brother, youngest brother loved to mow the lawn because mm. he loved machines sure and so pushing around the lawnmower was just like 
activity with machine. So he was all over it. So as soon as he, he was able to, he just started mowing the lawn. I think also the introvert in me also liked it because, uh, again, when there's no stinking, uh, <laughs> that uh, that uh, no one can bug you when you're mowing the lawn. That's true. No one will come up and have a conversation with you like, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. Like you gotta, you're just concentrating on what you're doing and it's too loud to uh, have any uh, nonsense. So yeah. yeah, it's very relaxing. When we When we first moved into our house, I loved mowing the lawn. Like I loved all the yard work stuff. But it's kind of palled on me now. Like it's kind of lost. It's the the sheen is gone. The shine is off of it. I, okay. Now it's kind of more like ugh. Just go do it as quickly as I can. Just a getter done job. And the lawn looks like someone is doing a getter done done job. So I kind of need to pull pull that out. I but. still like the novelty of it because I'm pretty new to having mm-hmm. a lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a hand push mower. Yeah. Which is sometimes good and sometimes not that good. It's like, oh, this is great. Oh, oh, jam, jam. <laughs> all the grass wraps around something. You got to get in there and get it all out. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to get like an electric mower or something for, it just seems like too small a space to get one of those. That seems mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. But I just want to have like a mower that uh, doesn't uh, jam up, you know, about every uh, seven minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's just dumb. So I usually just use a weed whacker and just take my time and just like, Clear it all out that way. That's fine. It's fine, but it's uh, it seems silly. I tried. I tried to mow the lawn once with a with a push push one. Yeah, and it's it's not fun. Apparently, it's supposed to be better for the grass. Yep. Because rather than whipping it the way your a lawnmower does or a weed eater, it just it actually slices it. But it's supposed to be good for your arms too. I've heard. It's good exercise. <laughs> well, I imagine. Yeah, not good with your hands. You got to wear gloves, otherwise yeah, you yeah, wear uh, Johnny blisters. I blistered up when I when I tried it because yeah. I did not know that. I didn't know the glove part of it. I learned that the hard way. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't much fun. I quickly went back to the electrical. I had electric lawnmower for a long time, and then I got a gas one as a hand me down for my parents. And then when I had to replace that, I got another gas one. But I kind of wish I'd gone back to the electric one because it was pretty. Pretty good. The only problem was it didn't have a catch a bag to catch the grass. Mm. So then I would have to rake after I did it. So I'd have to mow the lawn, rake it up. But you know, when you've when you've when your enthusiasm is done, then raking it up isn't it's not that great anymore. Like first you're like, oh, this is fun. I can rake the lawn and put it in a bag and put it out. It's kind of like when we first moved out and I was paying bills. That was also fun to do. <laughs> you know, like because in those days it was checks. You know, yeah. so you'd like have your checkbook. You get your checks out, you write your check, and you put it in an envelope. I, I did enjoy doing that as well, yeah. And Especially when you, had, on it. when you had money was good, too. It was like, oh, yeah. I can actually pay these bills. Yeah. This feels good. It doesn't feel as good when you don't have the money to pay the bills, mm. and then the bills are coming in. Then the novelty wears off pretty fast. When we first when we first moved into our townhouse, we were pretty good. We were pretty financially responsible. When we moved into the house, it got harder to be financially responsible. There was more... There was more bills, especially moving in. There's like stuff you needed to do and had to pay for it, you know? So it was much easier to like go off the rails. And living in the townhouse in those days was like, unless my memory, it was like $15 for, for our hydro. Cause we just had like, that sounds about right. We yeah. didn't pay for any, any gap, any, na- yeah, we didn't have any natural gas cause we didn't have, we didn't have a furnace in it. We just had radiators, electric radiators. And then, and then, uh, cable in those days was like $30. Mm hmm. Like, can you imagine thirty dollars for cable? And re- well, we didn't have infinite channels too. It I know, was just like but sensible amount of channels. Yeah, and it seems it seems like. And the- then you might get super channel if you were like, whoa, yeah, la, 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 whoa, we, whoa, 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 look didn't. at you. We didn't. Uh huh. We just I got- forget what the other one was. There was another one that you could get. You got super channel or one other channel that was like you something know, max. 
I want to say like Cinemax, Cinemax but yeah. that's I don't think we got Cinemax. I think that's the American oh, okay. one. Yeah, but something something along those lines. Anyway, it uh, it, it all resulted in uh, there was nudity that you could watch on TV, <laughs> which was a which was a novelty. Yeah, I never I never had those channels. I remember going and house sitting with Lisa one time at a house that had a satellite dish, and that seemed like amazing. That oh they yeah, could have like movie channels and just watch watch movies. Although. I had a, it was up a movie to 20 channel. Twenty channels. Could you imagine up know, to twenty channels? Well, we had that though when we, if you had like the extra package with your cable, like later on, like depends what year we're talking. Yeah, about. like I'm thinking like talking nineties when we had like okay. our cable package. So then you had like TLC when it was good, and A and E when it was good. You know, before it became like the intervention network. No, it was uh, then. It was mostly. I don't even remember a time where it was actually arts and entertainment because the arts and entertainment network. It became the World War II network real fast. I don't it remember was like that. All Hitler all the time. <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember we had biography. Sure, biography was definitely there. It was like and Hitler, it, Hitler, Hitler biography, Hitler, Hitler, funny. Hitler opera, remember. Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. I don't remember that at all. So much Hitler. Yes, I remember Lovejoy being on there. Okay. Um. So I would think of it more as like the British, <laughs> the British TV show channel, and then biography. I was warming up uh, other t- television shows uh, back then. I was like a warm up person for pilots and stuff like that. Yeah, and I would do a joke about like arts and entertainment, you know, where there's absolutely no art and precious little entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I'd go off about how it's like all Hitler, 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 Hitler. <laughs> And uh, people seem to nod and agree, mm. occasionally laugh. So I'm, I'm assuming I was right at the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. P- possibly, I might have been like one of the one of their phases because yeah, I just when we when the girl were like when we were living in the townhouse and Mary was very young, they did the they had the um, old like Macmillan and wife mm-hmm. and Banachek was that what it was called some kind of name like that the one sure, with Banachek was George Pepard yeah McLeod McLeod was there Columbo of course. So they were playing, replaying all those McMillan shows. McMillan and Wife. So it seemed like it was the yeah. Mystery Network. They want, they had a lot of mystery shows like Poirot and Miss Marple. Love yeah, Joy. a lot of Poirot. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of that's sort of what I remember. And then it feel, feels to me like at some point you looked at it and you went, "What is? Why is there all these shows where people are addicted to things and, and the hoarders and, and the intervention?" And yeah, and then a lot of stuff went over to Bravo, and then yeah, it all. And they sort of they they hived off the biography into its own channel. Yep. And then people didn't care for that, and then that no, went it's away. too much biography. Well, the problem is, it's always the same. the The setup yeah. is always the same. It's like you know, humble beginnings. Yeah. Uh, the big break. Big break. Uh, things are great. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a twist. Yep. Things went. Things went down. Yeah. Uh, things are better now. Uh, what does the future hold? Who knows? <laughs> and uh, that was also every uh, behind the music. Mm. Every yeah uh, yeah. Well, here's, I mean, here's some old black and white photos yeah. leading up to some clips we could afford. Yeah. Maybe an interview with the actual person if they're not too big. And uh, and then, you know, where's the future hold? Uh, probably not anywhere good. Uh, and that's the end of that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm of two minds about this because it depends what you're doing it for, right? Like, like okay, you become, start as a musician. You become popular. Yes. You get lots of money and yes. have and have adulation. And then, you know, like all things, this must, these things must pass. All things must pass, as George Harrison so wisely wrote. And then you are no longer the, the biggest thing in the world. And yeah, you're just, not. Uh, and you yeah. were it, and then they changed what it was to yeah, quote The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. And so instead of, filling, instead of filling stadiums, you're now filling theaters. But if it's, for you, if it's about the music, you're still making music. Okay. You know? Like you had like that, of course, you had that moment of like crazy fame. 
but now you're just like kind of down from there, but you're still making music. You're still entertaining people. Yeah, and they don't take your stuff off the shelves. Yeah, that's right. They don't, yeah, you don't, yeah, no not, one's burning your yeah. own records. Yeah, no one erases you from the musical history. You're just you're just not as popular anymore. Like that's that's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's of course it's sad that bands break up and and they, but that seems like it's that's part of the natural way of life. marriages break up Mar- and those people are in love. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bands are definitely not. Yeah, in love, all they yeah all they have to do is just be together. Jeez, mm-hmm. you don't even have to keep you know make music. And fifty percent of those go away. I remember. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I remember in that Eagles documentary, there Timothy B. Schmidt joined the band for like their last album. He joined for the long run for the album Schmidt Happens. Yeah, <laughs> and he uh, and he says he, he. I guess the interviewer was asking the question was like, "Did you realize the band was breaking up when you joined? Like, because you joined for the the final album, which apparently was a very fraught affair, mm-hmm. and the band broke up after the album." And he said, "Well, yeah." He says, but I was used to that. I was used to being in bands. Bands are always breaking up. Absolutely. Right from the yeah, beginning, yeah. you just it's always on the verge of breaking up. That's I've, the nature of a I've band. been in multiple comedy troops, and yeah, yeah we're always breaking up. Yeah. yeah, it's always heading towards that. Yeah. And whenever you mention to somebody, you know, that uh, the group uh, the group broke up, uh, they'll all be like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to happen. That's it's the always going to yeah. happen. Because for... And yeah. often no hard feelings, just like... Oh, yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, you're, you've grown and things have happened and yeah. you move or, on and or people, they... Yeah, or people need uh, have other opportunities and need to move on and... Uh, Unless you're like Wayne and Schuster and you stay together forever. It's the second episode in a row, I think we mentioned Wayne and Schuster. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe third. Think, Jason was on the previous one, so that's that's quite possible that we mentioned Wayne and Schuster then I as well. I don't think we did, but we okay. definitely missed what a, what, a, what a missed opportunity that was. <laughs> I would like to hear his uh, Wayne and Schuster impersonation. He seems to have a, a bunch in his back pocket. He is very good. Yeah. I hope, uh, again, I've listened to a couple of um, his uh, Gentleman of Elegant Leisure uh, Drinky Drinky yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would like to hear more impressions. I always like when he's on our show and mm-hmm. he's like doing all the voices and whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, yeah, more, more of that. <laughs> You know, well, let's see. Let's see what Dean Martin would think of this drink. <laughs> let's we'll go with that. Or uh, I don't know who a real teetotaler would be, but like, let's let's, yeah, let's yeah. hear that that person. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get to do that as much on the show. They tend to be much more street. Mm-hmm. They're less, which is weird for a drinking podcast. Yeah, I think like, but I guess they are gentlemen. The gentlemen. They're less. Yeah, they have less um, time for that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I will. I will not comment out of school. Yeah, yeah, I don't think when bands break up, it's necessarily a, a, a bad thing. It's like no, that's just that's just the evolution of uh, you know how it's going. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for the music he gave us. But yeah. th- but the biography stuff almost always uh, goes with. But they might be on the way back. <laughs> Not biography, but like uh, behind the music, they might be on the way back. Mm. And uh, you know they're still still touring. And there's the Beach Boys, and they're at a you know at an amusement park near you <laughs> Here they are and it's it's and it's fine you know they're working musicians and i'm sure they're making some sure. some scratch off that and uh, yeah. you know yeah it's all all right they're doing way better than they would have i mean before the beach boy started mike love was had knocked up a girlfriend and was working in a gas station right that was his life prospects and by the way any any child that mike love has is technically a love child you said it and he, By the way, hmm? the hell with that song, Love Child. I don't know that song. Oh, by the Supremes. Yeah. 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 Oh, never quite as good. Oh, misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Love Child, always second mm-hmm. best, different mm-hmm. from the rest. Uh, let, let the kid be all right. The kid's fine. 
It gets fine. It gets, it's, stop. <laughs> Don't give him that song. Those those days were a little different in terms of... I know. Of, you know. But, uh, eh, come on. It's all right. They're fine. The kid's good. It's not the kid's fault. Leave him alone. Because I think in England, it wasn't until like 1930 that they finally ended bastard laws. Well, what was the bastard law? Well, a bastard couldn't inherit property. Oh. Like he couldn't, he could not be in a will. Well, I'm just going to, uh, technically I'm a bastard. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm pro bastard. Yeah, of course you are. I'm pro the book, the bastard. Though oh, I've never read it. John Jakes. Understood. I only know that because I made it, I wanted to make a joke about it. Oh, I understand that. Yes. <laughs> I remember, I remember the joke and I'm glad it's not recorded anywhere. It's all fine. It's all not right. a bad joke. Okay. It was just a, it was just a, a fuck joke. I mean, it's a, a. Oh, okay. I'm remembering the joke differently. Yeah. My mistake. Okay. No. The, all right. The, this would be funny. Like, this book was called The Bastard, and the next one was called The Fuckhead. Oh, okay. That's, that's fine. That's what then. I. Yeah. It was nothing. It was. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It was nothing terrible. I think people assumed that it was it was worse than it was, and maybe that was my my fault. I just thought it was obvious, and other people didn't. Well, we had tried to slip a, a racial slur into the sh- into the show earlier. And uh, and and it was still fine to do uh, homophobic stuff back then, so that yeah. was definitely in the show. Yeah. So you know what? It would have been on brand. <laughs> oh. I think we thought we were being. We did think we were being, being daring. I think uh, I think there's so many people, and thank goodness com- comedy doesn't try that to this day. They don't think uh, they don't try <laughs> they and don't do that, that kind that of. No, no, they don't no. try and that's uh-huh. yeah. No one, no one with the initials RG. No, I really do. I do. Lately. I do appreciate that he lets us know constantly that he's being very edgy. It's good. Oh, you're being. Oh, that's very on the edge. Oh, and you also don't care. Oh, that's very good. Okay, thanks for letting us know. All right, keep us updated. He doesn't care, and you don't care. Oh, by the way, someone mentioned you on Twitter. It's just a person with like three followers. Oh, you're going after them. You're going after them hard. Oh, you retweeted that. Oh, you're really going after them hard. Okay, wow. that's fine. You're getting your followers to go after them. Yeah, that sounds Yikes. good. Oh boy. I I always say about Ricky Gervais is uh, he responds to his name fast. Than Candyman. <laughs> Only if you say his name once. Mm-hmm. Boom! <laughs> it's right through the mirror. I'm here. <laughs> um, covered in bees, like I'm in the backyard mowing the lawn. It's funny though how that sparked people. Like um, one of the one of our tr- like truck drivers, one of the drivers who comes every day to pick up from us. He's a, he's a nice guy, but he's a very conservative guy. He's a let me just ask, as, uh, this is what I know about truck drivers. Mm-hmm. They travel with a monkey. Does he? He does not travel with a monkey. <laughs> okay. I, just, I, have, I didn't realize that was one of the criteria. I will point well, that out to okay. him. Wait, me, but he's and- not a long-distance trucker. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he doesn't need a monkey. Yeah. because Well, there. they have GPS now. The it used monkey, to be the monkey would have to go... <laughs> have to, he'd have to and navigate. Point, point out where things he, were. He held the atlas in his lap. I'm not sure what... Mm-hmm. And I do want to hear... I do want to hear what you're about to say. Sure. But I'm now trying to think, too. In in the Clint Eastwood movie, well, sorry, the Clint Eastwood do dual movie. Yes, uh, every which way with loose and mm-hmm. ev- any which way you can. Yeah, uh, he was friends with an orangutan named Clyde. Uh, did they work together or were they just social with each other? <laughs> Never seen. How did how did Clyde show up? I am not. I know a, they. I know yeah. they would occasionally kiss, and that was hilarious. And Clyde would like to drink a beer. Um, I didn't didn't even know that. Okay, I've never seen those films. All right. I'm, I don't, you know what? I'll tell you a little secret. I'm not a huge monkey fan. Like a lot of people love monkeys. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I'm not against them. And I'm not scared of them or anything like that. I'm honestly not scared of them. I'm not scared. I just mean, I just not, I just don't care. What about if I was a monkey dressed as a clown? No. Okay. Anything. Do you remember that? Oh, he's show? a truck driver. He is a truck driver. Sorry, Clint Eastwood. Oh, in the show. In the, sh- in yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a truck driver. That's right. Yeah. And he lives in a small house with an orangutan named Clyde. Oh, we're just doing that. 
we're just starting off with he lives with the with the orangutan. Are we no backstory as to no, why no, no, he you lives with the orangutan? Just you like you don't need backstory. Well, you need a roommate back. What then. is their obsession with backstories these days? Okay. Do you want a prequel? Do so that to... is now two truckers yeah. that have apes. Two. Yeah. Okay. Let's we'll do a, pre- a, a prequel called Any Which Way I Will. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair enough. And uh, I was wondering if Clint Eastwood directed it, but he did not direct it. All right. So you're. Uh, He's above that. So who, you're. Who directed it? Sorry. Uh, it was directed by James Fargo. Do you not know him? So I, no, so I don't know him either. Okay. So you're. Uh, you're. Uh, the the truck driver showed up. Yeah, he showed up, and he was. He was all very. He was very excited about this whole Ricky Gervais thing. Oh, okay. What was he excited about? Well, that uh, he was making that he was putting down actors. Okay. Because actors shouldn't be able to say anything about politics. Okay. And I have two thoughts about this. No, I would like to discuss this because I have been discussing this. Okay. All right, so go ahead, please. So then he says, you know, he was pretty. He was just like, he sure gave it to those actors. Those actors. What do they know? They don't have any right to say. They don't. You know, they don't need any right to tell stuff like that. And I said, I said, his name's Norm. I said, Norm. <laughs> what right do you have to say anything? Like, what do you know that makes you an expert on what actors and actresses can't say? Like, or actors. I'm not supposed to say actresses anywhere. I forgot. Mm. Sorry. It's on the fence. Sometimes the, some, you know, yeah, it can go either I just way. meant in terms of the awards, everyone. All right. Uh, like, like who, who's the ultimate authority and who has the right to make, say an opinion? So what does, no yeah. One. My question, my question on that is what should actors do? At those award shows, should they all go up, uh, thank their kids, thank their wives, yeah. thank their agents? Because that seems like a real snooze. If like that's every it, one of the thanks does. is the same, uh, is that what is that what they want? Like literally, I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, I think that's what they do want, though. First of all, why are you watching this show if you dislike actors? Like you know, you're like, I <laughs> well, dis- he's not watching the show. He's just get, he's just hearing this from the news, right? Okay, he's picking up this from. His Facebook news sources, right? Yeah, I guess I'd back it up and go like, should actors and directors and people who make film and TV get awards? Are you cool with that? If the answer is no, fair enough. Moving on, well, you're right. I mean, but if they, but yeah. if they are, what should what should that ceremony be like? Yeah, what yeah. should it be like? Should it be a celebration of the work of uh, the people who made the work? Yeah, because uh, it feels like they want to have it both ways. They want to like, oh, you you made all these things, and we really enjoy these things. Thanks for coming to this award for you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you all. Shut up. Shut up. You privileged fucks. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, oh, that's weird. I yeah. worked on this movie for like I'm a director for two years. Really put everything into it. Uh, got uh, people seem to like it. Uh, it got nominated for an award. I'm here to celebrate yeah. this, you know, because we don't really do that. Like most of the time, I'm on set i'm working but this is the one night i get to do this oh i'm being told to shut up okay fair enough all right that i should shut up i'm a privileged uh, asshole okay thanks all right fair enough just seems weird it does seem weird what's the message like i know america especially likes to build someone up and england does too obviously so does canada i don't know i don't know if we as much who who do we who have we like to knock down well anyone who like gets too above their station who because I don't think we put down, like, say, a Brian Adams. Yeah. Who, well, That's why he lives in England. Because people were making fun yeah, of him here, going, hey, you cut like hey. a knifer. Yeah, that's right. Hey, tell us more about the summer of 69. I don't think so. I don't think people are particularly mean hey, to Brian Bri- Adams. To Brian Adams. You suck. Anyone, like uh, Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. I don't think anyone's too mean to her. I mean, everyone everyone uh, decided to uh, say to Alanis Morissette, that's not what irony is. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's that's good that you all did wasn't that. Wasn't that po- the point of the song, though? 
that it's not uh, the correct definition yeah, of irony. I thought that was the point of the song. Maybe it is. Who knows? Like it, I thought that's like the, kind of was like a it, knowing. It joke. was just crazy successful, and so it's a good song. But I don't, I don't see us going. We got to take her down a notch. Whereas I think America. Okay, but it's just me. Really, like someone like a Britney Spears. Yeah, you know, we love you, we love you, and then they go after her so hard. That like it seems like she snaps. Like it feels like they like to build up their celebrities and then like yeah. really TMZ them hard and like go get them. You know, just for existing, we should like tear yeah. you apart. It's 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 weird. And that that I sort of connected it a little bit to to that that night. I I was just letting YouTube play the other day when I was doing something and uh, just sort of wassening and. You were wassling? Wassening. Oh, I thought maybe you got hooked on the wassail when Jason came over. <laughs> right. and it, I did enjoy that wassail. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. And it somehow, like, it, it kind of went to, it came to Dave Chappelle talking to Oprah Winfrey. And her question was, why did you walk away from $50 million? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I didn't walk away from $50 million. That's not what I walked away from. I walked away from, then he brought up, like, uh, Martin Lawrence. Like, being out in the street, yelling at people in his underwear you know like he said you know like it just feels like then he's talking about um mariah carey you know like she just signed a huge contract next thing you know it's in the news mariah carey is crazy martin lawrence he's gone crazy britney spears she's gone crazy like that's what i walked away from i just don't want to be that person who's has so much stress and pressure and has so many expectations that they just go crazy oh do you think they actually went crazy like i thought where you're going with that was the press now has to turn on them and say they're crazy no no a la, like when jim yeah. carrey uh did cable guy and he got 20 million dollars uh then everyone just seemed to turn on jim carrey it was like he doesn't deserve 20 million dollars <laughs> how dare he get 20 million dollars yeah, this yeah. i mean nowadays yeah, it's nothing yeah, yeah. uh to, to, to that kind of thing but it was like oh we just oh so angry that he got 20 million dollars yeah, it yeah. makes us so mad well sure. you know the last movies he made made you know hundreds of millions of dollars who should get that money <laughs> like, who would you rather? Because yeah. someone's going to get that money. Yeah. Who would you rather get that money for Ace Ventura Pet Detective? Mm. Uh, who should get that? Should it be like an executive who's, you know, up there who really did nothing and, uh, you know, is just minding the books? Or, or should it be the, the the person who's like creating the thing and you're actually going to see? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh I just know that's the person who stuck their head up and I see them and they're famous. <laughs> so get them. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing I, I said to when I was talking to this truck driver is I said, well... I mean, so much of this is politics of envy, you know, where people are like, you know, jealous of actors and because it seems like they have a great life. Yeah. And so we don't, we don't know that, like, we don't, like, I remember someone else talking about it, acting and they said, you know, basically we're like, it's like a blue collar job. You just don't realize it till you, till you start doing it. Like mm-hmm. how much of it is overtime, you know, up really early, how much you have to prepare, you know, the, you know, it's not just show up and work you know it's if you're working of- on a tv series like i remember richard dean anderson when he was working on uh like macgyver macgyver yeah. and uh that would shot was shot here and i knew some people who worked on that and they were saying yeah those are 16 hour days mm-hmm. so just a job board like and i understand you're not doing stuff uh all day yeah sometimes you're in your trailer you're grabbing an app or you're something like that but you have to be available for 16 hours a day yeah six days a week and like you can't do anything else, and then like when your day's done, go to sleep, and then immediately wake up, and now you're back at work, and there's nothing but work, 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 work. And again, I get 
everyone's going to go like, uh, well, it's not coal mining. You're right. It's not coal mining, but there's a big difference between coal mining and, you know, uh, you know, everything being great. And it's like, uh, that can, that's, that's a, that's a lot. That's work. It's hard. You yeah, know, I mean, like, cool, like you say, it's, but it's you not... can't complain because you're making, you're making good money. Yeah. But like, what are you spending your money or maybe on? Maybe you're not though. Like, maybe, you know, cause like this SAG, you know, it can be $185, $165 a day, which is not terrible. But I mean, if you're working like a TV series, most TV series don't pay like huge amounts of money for... At for, least at first, yeah. Yeah, so you're just making your sta- standard... Yeah, by the end, yes, Richard Dean Anderson is making a lot of money yeah. that he'll be able to spend if at a, some point in the future when yeah, yeah. this is all done. That's right, that's right. Which is why when he did Stargate, he like rearranged it so like, you know, first of all, I'm not the only lead. Uh, a lot of other people are going to be doing stuff. The mm. hours, I think, were better. Yeah. But uh, but, but, but yeah, it yeah. is... It is Hard work, but again, it's hard to ever say, oh, they work hard, but they get so much money. So, you know, wouldn't you do that? Well, mm. yes, you, you would. But, you know, here's the, here's the thing. Would you want to take the risk of, uh, being broke in this lifestyle? Because like most actors don't make money. Yeah. So they took a risk. Yeah. Well, all these people that you're seeing that are rich, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Jim Carrey was homeless at one point with his sure. family. Yeah. And while he was, you know, working as a stand-up comedian, he was not making, you know, good money at first. He, he, he took a big chance and it, it worked out well, but there's a lot of people for whom it did yeah, not work exactly. out well. There was no guaranteed thing. It's not being born into the royal family. Yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. going to be, and you're going to be fine. But even the people in the royal family don't end up great. Yeah. Those, those guys guys get uh, kind of messed up because it's funny like um well I, two things one i just want to go back just to the tv just for a second because i was Please. i was watching an interview with a stuntman and he he said um they're showing a clip from the boys the amazon sure prime superhero show uh, kind of anti-superhero show or anti-hero show and it was um and it, they had a fight sequence between the wonder woman st- the wonder woman analog the stand-in for wonder woman yes. and some some guys and it's not a great fight sequence. It's done very quickly, and they and the hosts were kind of making fun of it. And he said, "Well, this is a TV show. It's, you can't really judge TV shows the way you judge a movie. Like mm-hmm. a TV show, these people are working super long hours. Yeah, and a probably, movie you get to like months in advance yeah, plan this fight. Yeah, this exactly. one fight. That's right, exactly. They said, you know, they probably she probably has just already done like eight hours that day, shot a bunch of other scenes. She shows up on the set. Okay, we're gonna you're gonna do a fight." So they're just going to block it as simply as they can, and the stuntmen are going to do most of the work, and we're just going to do a lot of quick cuts to make it to make it look good. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is, and it is what it is. I mean, you yeah. just have to work with what you have, and that's that's television. And I thought that was kind of interesting because, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it is it's just a lot of hard work. And then you remember, like when you were a kid and you were watching something like, uh, you know, again, we're dating ourselves here, but the Six Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. Those fights are terrible, but they were fine. Yeah, who yeah. cares? Yeah. It was fine. It was yeah. You know, it, it moves the story along, and uh, and there you go. But mm-hmm. yeah, now we're spoiled because fight scenes in every movie are amazing and yeah. spectacular, yeah. and so yeah, TV TV has a hard time living up to well, that. Well, that's it. And I mean, there's fights and stuff like there. There's a sequence in a Jackie Chan film. It took three months to film the fight. Three months. Because it's all about that. Because it's all about the fight. It's like a musical. You have what you got to spend all the time on the dance number. Yeah, and because also, you're a musical. Also, everyone needs time to recover. Sure. Because you you are falling down. You're doing these incredible crazy stunts, and then you need like rest days in order to for your body to heal, and so you can come back again and, and do some or more. Or you'll get horribly injured. Yeah. Or you'll be in the end end of the movie clip where you know the, the show, you know 
they're spraying Jackie Chan with a fire, a fire extinguisher to put him out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's rubbing whatever body part he yeah. just broke Ooh, very hard. Yeah, that's, that's right. Some, way, he's got magic healing hands. <laughs> when I saw, yeah, the Karate Kid, and he's doing that thing where he's rubbing his hands to to heal uh, the kid. I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen him do that with himself. Yeah, yeah. Right. those really are healing work. hands. It really does he's, work. He's, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> I think there's there was two things about the Ricky Gervais thing. One. He always he always goes about uh, these are just jokes. Mm. That's fine, and so these are just jokes. But yeah. then, uh, like the person you know, uh, afterwards goes, yeah, he really stuck it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the speaking truth to power. That guy. Wait a second. Are these just jokes, mm. or is he speaking truth to power? Yeah. Is he is he the clown that can speak to the king, and only the clown can speak to the king and say the truth to the king, or is the clown just doing some fucking jokes that are you know about anything, and the clown doesn't care and can talk about anything, and it's fine? Because because you really, it's tough to do both of those things. Yeah. And you know, I get like when when you, you look at him uh, talking about uh, Epstein or Weinstein. Uh, or Bruce Springsteen. No, I don't think Springsteen's done anything. <laughs> and his thing on both of those was, these were friends of yours, uh, and uh, you knew. So, you know, shut up. Uh, booing me for doing jokes about these people. Like, yeah. oh, okay. That's a, that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Okay. That doesn't sound like a just joke to me. Yeah, that's right. Though. That yeah, seems yeah. like that's a biting commentary. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like thinking, okay, but, you know, because you've now opened that door, uh, you're friends with uh, Louis C.K., you know, and, uh, you know, it was kind of an open thing of what Louis C.K. was up to when you were, you know, appearing in all these videos with him and, you know, uh, doing doing stuff with him and he was doing movies with you and what have you. So you knew that. Did that bother you at all? Is there anything? Is there anything there? While he was threatening women, uh, saying like, "If you tell anything about this, I'm going to ruin your careers." Were you at all aware about any of this? Also, you're friends with Jerry Seinfeld, who you know uh, for a while there uh, dated a 17 year old while he was in his mid 30s, mm. and you don't seem to. I've never heard any comments about that or any problems with that or what have you. Uh, yes, it's horrible what these other people did. Absolutely, hundred percent. Now. When you open this up, let's just you know, is is that a thing at all? So 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 there's so there's that, and then you know at the end him saying you know if you come up here to get an award, you're a celebrity, just shut up, just take the award, thank your agent. No one wants to hear what you have to say. Uh, you've got less you know knowledge than a child on these issues. And yet he's a huge PETA guy who is always like on the high horse about you know animal rights. I'm like okay, well. You're that guy too. You're the you're the guy who's the celebrity yeah. who's using his celebrity for his his thing. So it just seems seems weird, like on almost all of these things, mm, you know. But he never seems to point the finger back at himself <laughs> on anything except yeah. possibly his weight, which fluctuates. And he'll call himself a fat guy. Yeah, and he'll call James also, Gordon, Gordon uh, like a, a fat pussy for being in um, cats for, for for being in cats. Yeah, which was like. You know, James Gordon did that video earlier this year about like fat shaming and how that kind of stuff actually really does hurt his feelings. But yeah, fuck it. It's a, it's just jokes, folks. It's just it's just jokes. But yeah, he doesn't seem to like uh, uh, turn on himself and go, "Here was my flaws," and I yeah. think that's a big thing missing from from his you know humor. Yeah, it's true. I remember it was a I guess I was in grade eleven, and I made the fantastic discovery that you would get way more laughs from people if you are the butt of your own jokes. Mm-hmm. Like if you are the butt of your stories, rather than some other person is the butt of the story. People love if it's you telling the story, and it's the you're the disaster. So I thought that was a very important discovery. I felt as a as a young wannabe, whatever I wanted to be. Um, 
Yeah, because there's we're nothing, all flawed. There's nothing funny yeah. about there's nothing funny about you relating other people's problems or other people's mistakes. Like if you just stood on stage and you're just like, "Oh, this guy," you know, blah blah blah, and they tell some some humiliating story about someone else. Like no one wants that. But if you're telling a story about yourself that was sort of humiliating, or whatever, and you make it, you give a funny twist to it. Um, I don't just mean this is a sad story, but you know, if you make like a humorous story that has you know some element of embarrassment for yourself or whatever, uh, people enjoy that because it's human and they they can relate to that. But if you're just separating yourself from humanity, you know, and just and you're the judge on the hill looking down on people, yeah. If you, I mean, you got people like say a Joan Rivers. Who would who would you know make fun of everything and everyone and mm-hmm. do very very mean jokes yeah and that but you know you know big part of her act then was always like turning on herself yeah, yeah. As, as well and yeah. she was part of the part of the mix yeah it's just it's you know I, I look at someone like a John Oliver and he'll point out like his old material and show like how flawed it was and <laughs> this was my take on this and I was wrong I was very wrong about that that was you know and and it kind of shows growth and what have you and I understand yeah. I understand it's an award show he's hired to be the bad boy he's the guy who doesn't care and that's going to that's going to make things more exciting <laughs> and I and I and I see that but there's a bit of me that's just like what's the point like I get to the person that you know. It's great because these celebrities are finally getting what's coming to them. But is that is that is that what we want? Because it feels like there is a certain amount of people who that is what they want. Yeah, they want to see someone just be mean to the celebrities and <laughs> well, like, yeah. good for you. How dare you live this you know amazing life and have all these things and be so beautiful or or what have you? Well, in a way, celebrities kind of fall like okay. So acting falls under the arts. So the arts is is. The intelli- is the intellectual elite, right? It's not the money elite. It's people with a lot of, it's people with talent. Like, so people who are watching that, like people, it seems like people are less resentful of wealthy people than they are of talented people because they don't think they can be talented, but they do think there's a possibility that they'll become wealthy. Like maybe I'll win the lottery and then I'll be like wealthy people. So I'm okay with that. But I'll never win a talent lottery and become okay. and become talented and have people pay attention to me and, and make money that way and become a celebrity or whatever. So that that's that's something you can be jealous of because it doesn't feel attainable. Whereas I think I think people in America have like an idea of like well I think they live in like a lottery culture. You know, it's this idea that you'll win a, a lottery. I think you know? there's a sidebar to that too. You'll win a lottery, yeah. and then you'll be rich forever. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah, the yeah. money will always be there, and mm-hmm. it's like, that's the end of the yeah, story. You will sure. be continuously rich, yeah. and so people always spend the money, and then it's like, then it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the weird thing about that final season of the original Roseanne series, was the, that wish fulfillment final season where they win the lottery, you know? And the show should have kept being what it was, which was that the lottery show what the lottery actually is it's just as much trouble sure as not having that money you know like your life will change but not in always in great ways like some things might be better but other things are not gonna be better well she was trying to and again i'm speaking for her which might be a huge mistake um (laughs) she was trying to relate what she went through which was she worked as a stand-up then had a big break on the Tonight Show, yeah. and then became kind of famous overnight with sure, because of that sure. Tonight Show thing. But but she got her money by work she did and things that she did. Yeah, and that's very different than the lottery. Exactly. And the way they were presenting the way the lottery 
was in in that reality yeah it was it, it wasn't it wasn't the same it was kind of trying to do oh my life became crazy yeah. after this yeah and but but that's different than a lottery winning mm-hmm. like yeah. getting it on your own scale even if you, yeah. d- you do have good fortune which everyone who you know gets to that level you know it does have good fortune as well as skill you yeah. don't you, you can't get by on just on just skill uh so yeah it didn't it was a weird discrepancy it's a, such a weird thing with roseanne is like the, by the end of Roseanne, she revealed that like Dan had died of a heart attack mm-hmm. and like she, he was dead and she was basically alone. And then they bring the show back and then they kill her off. And now Dan's <laughs> alone. And it's like these two weird realities where in one, each of the other person is, yeah, uh, yeah. is, is, is dead. It's, uh, it's very surreal. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, that's, that, that's strange. No, it's, uh, I, th- I, I think, is there, sorry, is there, I just, I'm just curious. Please. Now. Was there a practical reason for writing John Goodman out of the series? Was he busy acting in movies? No, he wasn't written out of the series. He was never written out of the series. The final episode, she mentions that because he, Dan had had a heart attack earlier in the in the series. Oh, I thought so he she died says, partway through that season. No, so well, he no. Uh, okay. So she says that even though he was alive there, he wasn't really alive uh, in reality because this was all fantasy after after Dan's heart attack. Dan died. Oh, okay. And basically everything after Dan's heart attack where he survived in the series yeah. was make, make-believe. make oh, okay. And, uh, and then oh, she weird... you know, rearranged things and had like the, uh, the daughters have each other's husbands because she thought that would be better for them and that would be healthier for them. And I believe ja- uh, Jackie was, uh, was gay, mm. but she wasn't gay in the series. And... Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it was all the things that these are all the real paths that went with the real characters and the real okay. reality. Yeah. Huh. And then uh, then it got rebooted and uh, she died of uh, opioids uh, in it because, you know. Because her career died of opioids. Because her career is, because, uh, yeah, it got a little, uh, got a little racist and uh, it was uh, time. Uh, there you go. But she claimed that she wrote it while she was on opioids. Oh, she did wrote she? that tweet, yeah, yeah, under under the influence. Mm. So it's interesting that her career was killed by opioids, and her character was killed by opioids. Well, it does say on opioids might cause racism. Sure, you know you got to you got to take a look there, and it's like, oh, okay, wait, any homophobia? Nope, nope, nope. But just just straight racism. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and and and, uh, and and there you go on that. I think it's almost like with the uh, you know um, America especially or just people in general with celebrity. It's like remember when you were in. Uh, school and like just elementary school and you got a haircut and people were like hey nice haircut it was like well of course you've got to get a haircut every so often <laughs> but the idea that you got a haircut yeah, and yeah. now looks slightly different and maybe a little better mm. maybe a little better you look a little sharper now sure. like okay get him yeah. get him hey that guy's got a new shirt Would- oh he's trying to look good <laughs> huh get him there's something there's something this this like deep in you, that's like that person is sticking their head up a little bit. I know it's weird. Well, get them, get them. But I think I think that is part of Canadian Canadianism too. Is that you just keep keep your stay in your place, stay in your lane. You know, like there's it's weird, but when you get a haircut, there are comments that you can make that are related to the haircut, such as, "Did you get your ears lowered?" Mm-hmm. or "Did you get in a fight with a lawnmower?" Those are questions that people will ask you if you get your haircut, right? As if you don't normally get your haircut. Although at work, I get. I get uh, um, bugged because I make appointment hair appointments. I, like I make appointment to get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, "Oh, you don't just walk in the door?" Well, no, because I'm a busy person. I don't have time to walk into places on the off chance that they'll have time to cut my hair. And also, I don't know where to go. I just <laughs> go to one place where I have to make appointments. So be quiet. Shut up. 
I'd say like a good example. A good example of a good host. Uh, and you can look at this online. It's, uh, uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Kroll, is that his name? Okay. Uh, I think so. Uh, but look, uh, look at them host the independent film awards. They've done this twice now. And they do, they do quite biting material, but it's, but it's, it feels appropriate and accurate and they, t- sort of take the piss out of themselves as well in a in a good way it just seems like a sharper a sharper way of doing things mm-hmm. i think i think my big problem and again we've gone on a long time about this is uh anytime someone like a bill maher or whatever uh presents themselves as you know uh the cutting edge guy who doesn't care when they obviously do care there's never been anyone i've ever heard that's told me they don't care about something that doesn't care immensely about that thing otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah. but someone who presents themselves as like the cutting edge person who doesn't take any prisoners and is just a real truth teller it's like ugh here we go here it comes mhm yeah <laughs> all right more sensitive than everyone else yeah, yeah. but then their uh, the, a lot of their fans are very very hardcore like yeah someone said it Good. Like, all right, fine. And the world moves along, and it's fine. Well, I guess that's hard as a as a TV personality is that one you need. It's, I guess the same as a podcast personality. You need grist for the mill. You need things to talk about. Sure. You know, but you know, depending how you want to present your persona, you can talk yourself into a corner, and then you're kind of cornered, and then you kind of have to stick to that opinion, even though you're just saying it because you just need to fill time. You're not really married to that opinion. You were just make just making a you know, just you know, just saying it because you you needed to have something to say, but everyone's reacting to it. Everyone's really like praising you for it. So now you're like, I guess I guess I guess I'm in favor of people having guns now. You know, and then you say about something else, and then then you become Dennis Miller, and you're like, how did he? What happened to Dennis Miller? What happened there? But you kind of you talked yourself into the into a corner, you know, because you and once you say, yeah, that's what I believe, you can't back down from that. Yeah. Because you got to double down. Now your now your personality is kind of wedded to this to these to these statements, you know. The uh, but I want to talk about the flat Earth for a second, even you know I don't know if you knew this, but I've learned some truths. The the other weird thing about I'm going to do a transition here of uh, of uh, and one of the things you got to do too in in that kind of situation is do material that no one's done on the internet uh, before because everyone's doing comedy constantly now on the internet. Uh, by the way, Dave, speaking of comedy on the internet, uh, that's some good segue. Ian. Wow. Um, college humor basically just kind of wrapped up the college humor, you know, YouTube. Well, it, had, it had had its time, I think. Nope. Here's what happened. <laughs> um, it wasn't that it had its time. That wasn't what happened. Uh, they were actually doing fairly well, but, okay. uh, some of the people who were involved in it, uh, kind of broke this story about what happened, which was, uh, they were approached by Facebook, and Facebook told them, this is how many uh, views you would get on Facebook yeah. as opposed to YouTube, because they were concentrating on YouTube. Yeah. It was like, no, do some exclusives on Facebook. We're get, we're, this, these are the numbers, and they presented them with the numbers. Yeah. And they were like, oh, geez, that is a lot of numbers, as did other humor-based sites yeah uh and so they went well we can't turn this down shit so they so they concentrated on facebook but facebook were lying like oh crazy lying oh really about the amount of uh of of you know clicks they were getting yeah like just out and out bullshit fraud so they so they stepped away from youtube which was a profitable model yeah and they were doing fine and and you know you can't say that 
you know, you can't guarantee that they would have uh, been doing great if they'd stayed on YouTube, but yeah. they were consistently doing well on YouTube. Sure. And other, other uh, channels that are similar that are on YouTube are doing quite well. But yeah, they went to, they went to Facebook, Facebook lied to them. And then, you know, they basically went, went under because the numbers were, uh, were all bullshit. Huh. And so, yeah, that was, that, that screwed up like, uh, College Humor and all these other, uh, comedy sites and other sites. Because wow. Facebook just out and out just lied, lied about the numbers and the amount of people that would be, uh, be seeing this and the amount of people that were clicking on things. Yeah. So, uh, so wow. there you go. If you're that's, looking that's... for a reason to get a Facebook, I can't. I've got too much <laughs> relatives and stuff on there. But, uh, but that's the thing. I know you would think like, oh, well, college humor, that, you know, as you say, run its course. Yeah. But that wasn't really, really what went on. Really, yeah. yeah, I feel this feels like, you know, it was, I remember being funny in the, in the noughties. Yep. But not, I haven't seen but much of them. But I guess that's because you they don't kind go of, to, yeah, they went to Facebook. Went to Facebook and I'm, I don't really watch videos on that's Facebook. That's right. Yeah. And neither do kids. Yeah. They don't watch, they don't watch videos on Facebook. They watch them on YouTube. They should have gone to Instagram. You, you, Instagram would have been a better, uh, well, Instagram is Facebook, but, uh. But it's a more, it's a more popular model with, with kids sure. than, than, uh, than Facebook is, which is why Facebook bought Instagram because they want in on the newer things. I guess I'll never buy TikTok. I think TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. Okay. The video thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about TikTok yet. It's, uh, it's dangerous to me. It's like I don't need to be uh, checking that out yet. I will eventually <laughs> in the future, and, and and there and there you are. But uh, uh, Tumblr, I've heard, is uh, slowly bringing back the pornography. Oh, is that right? Just <laughs> on the on the DL. So uh, if you go to sneakydragon.tumblr.com and yeah. you're like, "Hey, where's all the hardcore porn you used to attach to all of your episodes?" Yeah, uh, it's coming back. Okay. You know, we've listened to you. We've listened to the people who have been uh, supporting us on Patreon. Sure. We appreciate it. And I know you're all saying, where's the porn? <laughs> it's coming back. Yeah. I, 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 as you know, that's your department. Mm-hmm. I don't really have as much, much to do. I, you know, I, I have a strictly hands-on No, I just set up that. the webcam at your house. And <laughs> well, you're the one sending me those emails. Let the magic happen. You're the one sending me those emails. Yep. Gotcha. Just you. I keep turning up the heat. <laughs> <laughs> And, yes, and there we be, and there we be. Um, so I'm just going to get to the letters quick, and then we'll get back to uh, to other other things because okay. you know uh, I've got them in front of me, and I like our I like our listeners, you like our chances. Last uh, last week we uh, we asked uh, our our listeners to pitch your own hot comedy team horror mashup. Yeah, doesn't have to be Canadian, but bonus points if it is. Okay. Also, uh, something underrated that is playing on a streaming service that you would recommend. Okay. So, did people write to us? No. You're, you're wrong. They did. Oh. Uh, our Sorry. friend our friend Louise said, uh, here's my comedy team horror mashup pitch. Garfunkel and Oates in a musical remake of my favorite Canadian horror movie, Ginger Snaps, from 2000. Ah, okay. I really like that idea a lot. Their quirky songs of female empowerment would mesh perfectly with the movie's allegorical theme that the transition from girlhood to womanhood can be monstrous. Here are some lyrics to start them off. <laughs> Since the beast bit me and puberty hit me, my problems are bloody and myriad. I don't know what's worse when it comes to the curse, turning werewolf or getting your period. Pretty good. Yep, not bad. Uh, the screenwriter, uh, Karen Walton, was also an executive producer and writer on Orphan Black, now uh, available for streaming on Crave TV. Like Ginger Snaps, it also has a strong uh, female performances, most of them by... Tatinia Maslani. 
Uh, yeah, she plays. Uh, I don't. Should I say Tati- what the twist is? Tatiana. Clones. They're clones. Tatiana. Tatiana. A lot of she's very, very good in that show. Yes. And uh, Louise is very good at writing musicals. Um, <laughs> here I did uh, Star Trek the musical uh, that was uh, co-written by her. This is that something was very good. Thank you. Uh, th- this compliment was intended for Louise. Oh, thank you uh, for Louise. <laughs> I was I was also in that musical. I I sorry for taking the compliment out of turn. That's okay. You were very good in that show. In that uh, yeah, that well. that moment's passed. <laughs> Has there ever been, with the exception of say Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. uh, a horror musical? Yeah, tell little, me, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, okay. There we go. Done and done. There's These other all seem to have horror There's in a, the title, just to really. Uh, Mary Hook uh, sent me. I didn't respond to it. Sorry, Mary, but she sent me a link to a. a the um, in Frankenstein is a musical. Mel Brooks movie is now a musical on stage. Okay, so would not another... say that's technically horror, but yes, yeah, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is that what's called the Young Frankenstein is the Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, I mean, it has horror elements in it. Okay, I don't think there's anything horrific in Young Frankenstein. Find me remember. a scene. Find me a w- scene when that... he sings. When Frankenstein sings, putting on the Ritz. No, before that, when he's just yelling. It's horrifying. I put up a, a, a clip uh, the other because uh, I was watching Dracula, and so I put up a clip of an old cartoon called Drac Pack. And mm-hmm. the idea behind Drac Pack is uh, it's the descendants of the great monsters, like a like a sure. Frankenstein monster, uh, Dracula Junior, and a werewolf man. Yeah. And uh, the their their uh, Nick Fury is Dracula. He's like now a okay. good guy, and he's okay. sending them on missions. And one of the clips that they've got, like in the opening montage, is Frankenstein, but he's handing a little blonde girl some uh, flowers, and they're uh, it's friendly. Oh. And it's like, oh, you don't oh, know because uh, <laughs> in the movie he is she's dead. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's it's interesting that we're doing that, and they never really say how Dracula is like how not horrible now, yeah, yeah. like what happened. But they didn't do that in the monsters either, and that's Dracula in there, and we're all cool with Grandpa, and it's all fine. Um, all we know is like if Dracula gets a little older, he straightens up and he flies right. Sure, it's fine. Sure. Chris Roberts writes, I don't know if you would call it underrated, but we just finished watching season one of uh, Atypical, which is showing on Netflix in the UK at any rate. Beautifully written, acted, and directed with great heart and empathy for the characters, plus lots of laugh out loud scenes. Mm. Uh, Dave's grasp of Scottish geography isn't too bad. Oh, thanks, Chris. Glasgow is about 100 miles from my present home of Inverness, so uh, it would have to be a pretty special uh, movie to justify a round trip. However, I grew up near Glasgow, uh, so that's why my parents took me there to see Scrooge. Asked and answered. He stole a, he stole, a, stole your line. What's that? Asked and answered. It's something you often say. I do. That's okay. He can borrow it for a while. <laughs> he can have it. You know what? You asked me a question last week on the show, and it was uh, okay. Hit if, me with it. What if was you, it? if you could have a, 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 an accent, which accent would you have? Ah, uh, all right. And I was thinking about it after, and I was like, you know, it's Scottish accent. I love a Scottish accent. Okay. I would. That was one I would go for for sure. Very nice. Any part of Scotland, or just a straight out, straight out Scottish accent? I guess I don't know. I don't really. I don't really know it well enough to know the various uh, different areas. I mean, I know the Arcadian one, which is very different from the. Mainland. But, Side uh, note: If you could grow a beard, would you grow a beard? Um, I missed that opportunity. I feel like. Okay, but if you could, like, if you really could grow a nice beard, like, if it just would, like, yeah, in like a two weeks, you get a nice beard. Oh yeah, yeah. Would you do it? I do think every every man should grow a beard once in their life. Okay. Would you go to it, or would you do full beard? Full beard. I did have a neck goatee. as well. I know you've had beard. Yeah, neck or shave up to the to the chin line. 
What are we doing? Yeah, I think it should be kind of controlled. I think you should have like a manicured. Beard. Yeah, once it goes in the neck, I think I gotta. I'm not. Uh, I'm not on board. <laughs> uh, Mick Elliott writes, "Hey, chaps, uh, straight to the mashup pitch." All right, geez. Oh wow. All right, all right, Jeez, fine. Okay. All right. Well, here's your hat, and what's your hurry? Um, <laughs> there's something about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Well done. All right, well I like done. it. I like it. Uh, a gross-out horror comedy in which Ben Stiller goes searching for his old high school crush, only to discover that she's been transformed into an undead zombie-type monster. Hilarity ensues <laughs> as he tries to make the relationship work. Yeah. Even though it becomes apparent she is decomposing and given to violent, murderous outbursts, I'll leave it to you guys to brainstorm the gross-out scenes. Uh... And uh, he also says the Star Wars fansplainer episodes have been excellent. Thank oh. you so much. Here, let me let me do a brief rewrite on. Uh, there's something about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay, um, I'm not going to go with the gross out scene yet. But here's what I would say: yeah. is um, that it is a, uh, a monster that's made up not of a girlfriend or an ex-girlfriend of his or someone he had a crush on. Yeah. But I would say, like, it is made up of multiple ex-girlfriends of him. <laughs> so they all have their own beef with him. Yeah. And now it's uh, it's like uh, five of his ex-girlfriends, something something happened. At, maybe there was like a uh, like a bridal shower or something, and there was something, something occurred, and uh, they put them all together, and now he's got to date five of his ex-girlfriends at once and, uh, and, and see what happens. At the same time. Well, because they're all the five, the five ex-girlfriends have been assembled to make one woman. Oh, okay. Who is this oh. Frankenstein monster? Okay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so uh, and then he gets his penis caught in the zipper. Okay. All right. Here's the thing. So here's the gross-out scene. There, he gets his penis caught in the zipper. Yeah. Uh, but he pulls it up too fast, cuts the penis off. <laughs> Can't save the penis. Yeah. By the way, we have a penis. Yeah. But the penis belonged to someone who was a real horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. so uh, they reattach that penis. Uh-huh. And now this penis is like, whoa, like about everything. And like now he's like, really, oh boy, do I want to. And uh, I didn't realize body parts had their own. Yeah, but Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's people he's attracted to who he would not traditionally be attracted to, but uh, the penis does not judge. <laughs> um, so responding to Mick Elliott's uh, post, Edward Dragansky says, Mick, I'd go see there's something about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in a heartbeat, if the heart was still beating. Funny stuff. <laughs> uh, says to us, still working on Rise of Skywalker fansplainers. I don't know whether to laugh or unsubscribe. <laughs> I love it. That's an excellent review. I felt the same way about the movie. It's uh, funny. I've often thought that because I was listening for a long time. <laughs> Click. Done. <laughs> I was listening to a long time to this show called Thought Spiral that features An- Andy Kindler and uh, J. Elvis Weinstein. And then there was an episode where they were discussing um, the movie uh, Bringing Up Baby, the okay. Cary Grant, a Catherine Hepburn film directed by Howard Hawks. Well, a movie I love. And they did not like it at all. And they were they were tearing it a new one. In their own way, yeah. In their own way. In a kind of a quiet way. And I did not appreciate that for whatever reason. And I've listened to the show since. And it wasn't like I was mad at them or whatever, but I guess it kind of took away my desire to... So I guess this week's question is, when did oh. you stop listening to Sneaky Dragon? Okay. So. <laughs> uh well, you know what? I like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand that and say, uh, cause, you know, there's the listening others want to hear the question. <laughs> oh, what? But what point did you stop listening to other podcasts and why? Yeah. 
back to Edward. Uh, he has written his oh. own post now. Okay. Uh, Edward Dragansky, and he's also the final uh, letter of the week, unless we had some emails that I am uh, missing out nope. on. Nope, sounds good. Uh, Edward uh, writes, As a kid, I was always drawing up my own Marx Brothers posters to their films that didn't exist. A Day in Orbit was the Marxes in space, uh, perhaps, or something that put them there, uh, put them during um, America's Revolutionary War. I like both of those and want to see both of those. <laughs> uh, but now that you've tapped into that part, now you've tapped into that part of my brain again. How about all four Marx brothers as vampire hunters? Or they've been mistaken as vampire hunters uh, as they run into Bella Lugosi as Dracula in A Night in Transylvania. Yes. I'm there. I'm there for that. I realized we'd have to get Paramount and Universal to play nice together. Well, actually, we'd have to bring back the dead. Uh, but imagine how much fun that would be. <laughs> the hardest part for me is finding a part for uh, Maggie Dumont. Uh, but she should be along for the ride. Uh, here's what I would do with that. Okay. I would have uh, Margaret Dumont. And she's the fancy lady, and she's doing her yes. fancy lady thing. Yeah. And uh, Dracula is uh, doing all these things. And but this, but he bites her. He bites her neck for a while and drain drains her, and like thinks he's going to drain her dry. But it's like he just keeps drinking and drinking. It's like oh, this is a this is a tall drink of water. <laughs> he's just got to take a break, and you know, like takes a little bit more. It's like I should I should stop. And he, he walks out, and now he's acting like her. Oh. He's like oh, I drank too much. Ooh, ooh. And he's just like, and Dracula's acting now like a fancy lady. And he's like, oh, I gotta shake this off, shake this off. And he keeps snapping back into the fancy lady thing. And, uh, and Groucho comes up to him and does a bunch of his fancy business. Uh, I don't, uh, plan my nights hmm. around television, so I'm not watching more than one streaming show at a time. I watched The Boys, as mentioned before on the show, and thought it was okay. But then my stepson recommended The Umbrella Academy. To me, I enjoyed it so much that I didn't want the first season to end. Yeah, it was kind of a funny, fun show. Uh, now I just uh, need to decide if I should read the comic. Thoughts? Yes. Yeah, the comic is quite good. How about uh, recommendation? Uh, recommending a series to avoid? Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. I watched the first three seasons of The Man in the High Castle and liked it. Season four premiered back in November, and I watched it during the holidays. Uh, all I could think as I watched was that I wanted it to end. Pretty much uh, went down in flames in that final season and very rushed. If you guys had seen it, I'd be interested in your thoughts on the HBO Watchmen series, having both uh, sold and read the comic many times back at Lone Star Comics. I was uh, more than interested in the HBO series. Without saying too much about it, I feel the show was just as complex and well-structured as Alan Moore's work. I think I watched each episode twice. It was so rich with overlapping stories uh, that worked its way in and out of the existing world Moore gave us in the 80s. Then I attempted to watch the CW Crisis on Infinite Earth series. If Watchmen was like an eight-course gourmet meal. Crisis was like eating a handful of candy for dinner. That is not <laughs> incorrect. Working our way backwards, I did enjoy Crisis on Infinite Earth so far. I thought it could have been a little, little tighter. I'll see where they're landing with that. Watchmen, I've watched some episodes. I have not watched all the episodes. I feel a little guilty because I would like to support Alan Moore, and I feel it's a little disrespectful that this series is existing. Um, You're supporting Dave Gibbons by watching it. No, not necessarily. <laughs> uh, you know, Dave Gibbons is making money off it, which is nice. That's that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad he's making money. Um, but I thought it was very well done. What I saw of it was like I, better I, than it should yeah, have been. I watched a little bit of it too. I haven't been able to watch all of it, obviously. But but I thought, yeah, I thought. It, what was interesting is it doesn't. It's not based in the world of the movie. It's based in the world of the comic. Mm. So it has the ending of the comic as its jump as its jumping off point. That's right. And so I thought that was was interesting, and it's it's 
kind of commenting on now through through the lens of, of that show and I and I like that about it as well. And I thought all that the acting is is very good. Very good, yep. I don't know uh, Regina King the who plays uh, Lady Knight, very good. Um I can't remember the actor's name now. Jeremy Irons is uh, Jeremy Irons uh, is, yeah, very is good. good. Um no, I was trying to think of the the male lead. I don't know if he's the male lead. No, he's kind of like the guy who plays is called Mirror Guy, but I Oh yeah, yeah. Who's Looking uh, Glass? So. Yeah, who's in everything? That fellow. Yeah, from um, he's from, in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art, Brother Thou, Art Thou, yeah. and uh, and the Hulk, and yeah, he's in everything. Yes, and he's very good. He's very good. He's also in Holes, which I like him in Holes a lot. The kids' movie, and he directed a a, a very good film with Edward Norton in it. And I think Edward Norton plays twins. One is a very up, upright mm. straight guy, and the other one's a is a guy who's growing a. You know, pot illegally has a hydroponic farm. This is the kind of movie that uh, actors like. They love playing a twin. Yeah, and I think that's why he got Ed- Edward sure, Norton. Sure, yeah, to, they love into it. it. How much more me is there? It's, Twice as much me. I can't think of his name now. It's Tim. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, he, yeah, so he wrote and directed that film. It's called Leaves of Grass. Okay, it's, uh, it's a good movie. Uh, as for uh, something I would not recommend, here's the thing. I've watched uh, I watched Dracula on Netflix, and I don't want to s- spoil it because there are twists. And I would say the twists are very good. This is by S- Stephen Moffat okay. and Mark uh, Gaddis, who did uh, Sherlock mm-hmm. and Jekyll. Um, probably something else that I'm forgetting right now. But Moffat, of course, uh, worked on uh, Doctor Who for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> some great, probably one of the best writers of the modern. Yes. Era, I think. And then, and then the series he, got a little. He needed. Well, the other great writer of the modern Who era is Russell T. Davies. Yeah. And I think together they were a great team because they yeah. kind of teamed they each other. They balanced each other off. Yeah. 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 There's a whimsical, whoa, big imagination. Yeah. And then there was very grounded, yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, you take, you take away Moffat and you get Torchwood. <laughs> uh, and it's like, oh, and you get to take away Russell and you get kind of the later seasons of Doctor Who and you're like, oh, where, where I mean, I really I'm, I'm torn. Like there's things I liked about those seasons. And I think if you went back and watched them in light of what we've had since then, you'd appreciate them a lot more. OK, but I don't know how far we're going because I didn't see actually I shouldn't maybe shouldn't say that because I never watched like the Missy seasons and stuff like I didn't really see those the Peter Capaldi ones I didn't watch. Yeah. I basically kind of jumped got off. A bit, got a bit rough, yeah. I jumped off the boat with Matt Smith and that and that because I really liked like the Pandorica season. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was like just wonderful how everything kind of puzzled piece together. It's tough, yeah, but balance. They balanced it out well, and it's a tough balance to make of uh, and surreal uh, and grounded. Yeah, and then I don't know. I just thought I thought like his seasons with Matt Smith were very good. I just feel like the character of Doctor Who changed in a way I didn't like, where it became that. Very much yelly kind of, I have suffered more or I am more terrifying to you than blah, blah, blah. And it's every show when you're just like, ugh. Yeah. Enough did, of the announcing. They've ditched that with the new Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. There's very little yelling of, of any kind. Uh, but too many side characters. Yeah. So way too many characters. Yeah. Like, there was a season with Peter, um, no, I can't think of his last name. I won't say Cushing, but I know that's no, it's wrong. Not Peter Cushing, but Peter. David Davidson or whatever the guy who played yep Pete Davidson you know from yep. Saturday Night Live when he was played Doctor Who uh no when he played Doctor Who or maybe it was with no I'm pretty sure it was him because he had Tegan oh, there was a few like that there was one with Adric another girl and then there's three characters anyway uh maybe that was Tom Baker I'm sorry everyone it's it's all a blur to me now but anyway 
And yeah, they kind of worked it fairly well, but it w- it's hard because like Churlo's character was supposed to be kind of, he's supposed to be like evil and kind of there, but kind of being sneaky about it. Okay. But they can never develop the character enough because everyone else needs stuff to do. Mm. So, and then you have the main plot of the show as well. So you're trying to like balance like character development with the plots. And so it just didn't really work. Like basically Doctor Who needs like characters who are just like who they are, you know, and that's who they are. You don't need to develop a character any that much because you already have like tons of stuff happening in the shows. There's already, they're on a spaceship and the robots are killing people and now they got to stop it. Like you don't, you don't need more. You don't need to suddenly stop and go, Oh, my dad was mean to me. You know, like this is something, this doesn't need it. You know, like you can uh, have an episode where you go and you deal with your, with your past. I thought like, you know, in the first season of the reboot, you know, uh, Billy, what's her, what's her name? What was her? Piper? Rose. Yeah, Rose, the character Rose yeah. went back in time to try and deal with her dad with, mm. with something. And it was like, oh, okay. And it all, but it also explained sort of the rules of time travel. Sure, sure. And it was like, no, that's, that's fine. The rules of time it's, travel for Doctor Who. Yeah. And then they, and then they pay, yeah. And then they, they paid that off like way later on mm-hmm, in a, in mm-hmm. a, thought a fairly good way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, she shouldn't be the, through the whole thing. You yeah. know, like, oh, my father. But she always did have mom <laughs> issues, but mom was an interesting character. But, uh, yeah, that was It was played for both comedy relief and then yeah, pathos bit of, bit of later pathos on. as well, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is how you do your comedy relief character. Comedy, 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 pathos. Whoa, the pathos. We didn't expect that. <laughs> Are we going to kill off the path- pathos character? Yeah. Yes. Mistake. That was your mistake. You never kill off your comedy relief character. Yeah. But, like, characters like... And they didn't, so good for them. Characters like Sarah Jane or Leela and stuff, like, they were, like, who they were. You know, and what was, what, what made the character interesting was who they were. Like, Leela yeah. was this, you know, kind of, this woman, a tribal, you know, kind of a, a wild, primitive, woman, yeah. a wild woman, you know, and who, which is a good ca- contrast first, to the yeah, doctor. That's yeah. right. His first desire was to stab someone or whatever. You know, that's, and you don't, do you want her to like learn that stabbing is bad? Well, you do, but at the same time, <laughs> you also want that element of her character in the thing as well. So you, you, you know, you have to kind of, yeah. But anyway, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> no, it was, uh, you were learning that stabbing was bad. <laughs> oh, that's um, right. But I was going to say, I'm still trying to learn that. I was going to say the, uh, the, the series that I would like say, give you a little warning about, and this is the heads up, is that, uh, Dracula, uh, does have like some legitimately clever twists that mm-hmm. if you wrote them down, you would go, ah, yeah, well, that's good. And again, I don't want to spoil what these things are. So I'm going to say this in a way that does not spoil things. Uh, our, our friend Gavin has, uh, commented that the, the male lead, Dracula, was a dud. And I would agree with that. Okay. I would agree meh, on that. Don't really meh about that guy. The <laughs> female lead, which I don't want to say who it is uh, or who, who they play, uh, I thought was amazing. And I would like to see a spinoff with that character uh, because that's pretty darn good. And there was always like very interesting ideas and they never really delivered on them. Mm. And it was like, oh, that's a mm. – oh, my <laughs> gosh, that's a huh. – and then there was just all these jump scares through the whole thing. But very little – you know, actual really deep down horror. It would be like, oh, there's something coming. Oh, is it a scary thing? Is it a scary thing coming? Oh, no. Look at it. Oh, it's a look at a zombie. Yeah, there it is. Oh, get out of here, you. <laughs> and there was almost always a get out of here, you. Like someone would like stab it or do something. It was just like, yeah, it's, it's a gross out zombie. I see. But that's not scary. Yeah. Like, uh, things slowly coming up and like, mm, my imagination is worse than anything you could show me. There it is. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, but like all Mark Gaddis work, he gives himself the best part. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he comes on, it's just like, here's the best part. I've got the best lines. These are great part. Check my shit out. Look at me. I'm the bet. It's like, all right, fine. You can tell. Well, hey, who wrote this? Who yeah. wrote this series? Yeah, yeah. Ah, there he is. There's the guy. That's fair. There he goes. Fair, Look though. at him there, liking his part. He put Good in the work. He put in the work. He, yeah, it's a bit a... like that in Sherlock. You know, mm. it's, uh, where he's the Sherlock. Brother. Sherlock was good for two seasons. Yeah, and then it yeah, went. Okay. Then yeah. it went. Then it, yeah, it's like here's the thing with Sherlock is they did uh, occasionally they do a montage and they would uh, show all the different cases that he was solving and they yeah. show it, them all like maybe for like thirty seconds at a time. And you're like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, that would have been an episode. Yeah. So what are we doing? Ugh, we're doing this instead. <laughs> yeah, really. How about those fun episodes you were, those good ideas that you had? Let's do those. No. Although I think that one was the Hound of the Baskervilles one, wasn't it? There was a Hound of the Baskervilles, but there was a whole bunch of... No, but I mean, in that episode, they did a bunch of those... Oh, oh was it? I think that was the... I, may, I might be wrong. Yeah, it was like... But that was still a good... That was a good episode. It was a good episode, but those yeah. those things within yeah, would like, have been good episodes It would have been nice, own. yeah, to, instead of this, the, the garbage we got later on. I know. It's, it's the, the mind, thing about, like, we got to move the character the, along, we got to yeah. grow the character, stuff's got to happen. It's like, maybe it does, and maybe it doesn't. I don't think people go into Sherlock Holmes yeah, going, a, like, I want character growth. Yeah, that's not Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is an episodic... Uh, you know, the short stories. Yeah, establish for a it. magazine. Keep going. And it's, we'll be yeah, fine. it had a set character and kind of basically kind of set the template of what the, you know, the mystery, the mystery solver character is, right. you know, like whether it's Ellery Queen or, or, um, Perry Mason or whoever, like the character doesn't develop. They just solve a mystery every yeah. week. Columbo or every, doesn't grow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Dave, I don't have a move. I don't have a TV show. To not recommend from, uh, I mean, I wish I could remember like a, a a Netflix show that I watch one episode of and then stop because that I'm, to me is like the the biggest indicator of like you know I think Van Helsing was that one with like a female sure. lead yeah. in it. We're doing kind of a Dracula theme here. I right? think I watched the one episode of that and I didn't watch anymore. I'll give you one thing I do like about the Sherlock uh, sorry, sorry Sherlock Dracula three episodes weirdly paced though to the point where it feels like this should have been six. If you split it up, mm, it would have been a really yeah. nice, tight. But that's kind of what they uh, did with thing. Sherlock as well, isn't it? They did. Like yeah, a, they did same same deal. Yeah, yeah, like so, longer episodes. So it's but. not the the Netflix. Oh, like the last season of Lost in Space, which I think had a couple of interesting ideas, but it just went on for forever. I'm like oh, okay, you kind of wore out your welcome. Okay, here. that's one I didn't like. Lost in Space. I watched a couple episodes and stopped watching it. Like I feel like if it can't keep me interested, you know, then it's. It's not good. Yeah, and as we recommended, I think last week, uh, the Muppets series is worth uh, checking out again. Yeah. Try checking out Muppets Tonight. Nope, uh, that does not hold up very well. The the, the prince, second version. Yeah, of the, the prince. Show. The prince one is 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 kind of charming where he's a guest. There's some okay stuff in it, but uh, that is a very sloppy show mm. that just doesn't have anything. It it makes a lot of big mistakes, uh, like. The characters that you really like just show up once in a while as a yeah. little cameo, and it's yeah. just like, I, if you can, you build the other characters up, uh, you know, uh, around the the characters that we love. That sure. would be the way to do it. And they also do a thing where like Statler and Waldorf are watching the show from like the old age home, and it's just like, hmm, 
That's weird. I, I know. I don't really feel super great about that, that they're just <laughs> in an old age home together. You know, that feels kind of bad. Occasionally, they're outside, yeah. you know, watching it on the TV. And I was like, that's, I guess, okay. But, like, bring them in. Why yeah. are they in the audience? Is Why? there a lot of live audience for this TV show? <laughs> what are you doing? Of puppets. And it just, it just felt like it was very by the numbers. It was like, mm, eh, eh, no, no thanks. When you think about the Muppet Show, though, like, the Muppet Show had one, two... There's a, I guess there's a few returning characters, but mostly that show was built around a lot of characters that you'd never seen before. Like, I don't, had been Miss Piggy been in something before the Muppet Show? Not really, no. Like, I know Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem had been in, like, a special before. Yeah, there's a, a side characters, that's right. And that... And Gonzo was, like, a totally different character. Yeah. He had showed up in, like, the Valentine's Day special and some other things uh, as well. You're right. When they did the Muppet Show... That was, like, a lot of new characters. Like, we hadn't seen... Right, but... But we had Kermit at the core of it as our connection. What you're the, doing with Muppets Tonight, yeah. they're basically playing the same theme song, but a little bit differently. Okay. So it's like, it really feels like this is a sequel to the Muppets, mm. Muppet Show. Whereas is, when is the Muppet Show came on. Rhythm? Is it a ska version of the song? Uh, it's, it's more of a hip. get things started. Yeah, and they have a character named Clifford, who's, you know, the host. But he's not a very charming character at all. Mm. He seems mad all the time <laughs> and cool. And I like it. That's not a good mix. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. But the Muppet Show, I mean, the Muppet Show came on. It, it had to differentiate itself from um, from Sesame Street. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. so you couldn't have yeah, you couldn't have Cookie Monster and all no, the same even having Kermit on it was a little bit like oh Kermit, but Kermit had done so much other stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, he's a, that you were that you were okay. Yeah, I remember when Bert and Ernie actually showed up on the show. I was like, what? How could they be on were here? They on the Muppet Show, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, they get they get started once. That's funny. Yeah, Big Bird showed up once too. Huh? Yep. Well, that's nice. Um, after, uh, this is a weird off topic thing, but no, I, it's a, it's a good place in the show for off topic things as we, after, uh, Carol Spinney passed away, the voice of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, I saw on Twitter, someone posted, um, Carol Spinney as Big Bird singing, it's not easy being green at Jim Henson's funeral. Yes. Very affecting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, getting a little verklempt here. I am getting a little verklempt about it now. Yeah. To be honest. It's very sweet. <laughs> it is very sweet. It's one of those things, of course, and it's. Doubly sad, of course, because when you're watching this person paying tribute to someone, of course, he obviously admired very much, who brought him in practically with very little experience. Carol Spinney was brought into the Muppet. He had been doing, like, some puppeteering, but nothing, like, major. Like, he wasn't, like, a well-known puppeteer. It wasn't like someone went, oh, you got to get Carol Spinney to do this show. Mm-hmm. But was invited to do the show and, you know, and became a kind of a key part of it. So he's paying tribute to this person who recognized his talent. Yeah. But it's also now passed on, so of course it's it's very sad. Yeah, I'm always a... That was a good documentary on um, Netflix about Carol Spinney. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it was it? good. It was called like I Am Big Bird or something like that. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. I don't know if it's still on there. Yeah, it was interesting because there was a person murdered on their property. Oh. On his property. They didn't know them. Okay. They, just, like, they were just like dumped on his property. I guess he had like a acreage in Connecticut or whatever. And yeah, it's... It was just sort of a weird sidebar near the end of near the end of the documentary. Oh wow! A kind of a this happened too. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Was um I was just looking at uh, follow that bird the uh, Sesame Street movie. They talk about it in the yeah. Show. I was uh, I was wondering if uh, if there was any ever another Sesame Street movie, but I don't think there was. Yeah, this was uh, in uh, 1985. Mm. I've never seen that with uh, Chevy Chase, John Candy, Sandra. Bernard, Waylon Jennings, all their guest stars. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's no, you know, great Muppet caper. It's no Sesame Street. It's no Sesame Street. 
you know, it's a longer narrative, which is a weird thing since Sesame Street is broken up into so many short things. Yeah, that it's yeah. weird that it continues on this thing. But it, I remember oh, it being fairly charming. Okay. Yeah, it's worth a worth a watch. It's weird when shows like that do something different because it does seem it seems weird when it breaks format. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, there was a. Did you ever watch Captain Kangaroo? Of course. There was a Captain Kangaroo where they did. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. Instead of doing it as a uh, a series of, of in epi- like episodic little bits of the show, they had like one long episode that was kind of like a silent film telling oh. a story, and it was really weird because it was not what it normally was. Like Mr. Green Jeans was in the movie with Captain Kangaroo, like all the characters were there, ah. but they were like doing stuff like kind of slapstick comedy in this, and it's obviously my memory of it is very vague because this is like before I was still living in Coquitlam, so it would be before grade six that I saw this show and i was still watching captain kangaroo so that would make me even younger than that so but it just seemed very strange like this you know yeah like things that you remember like the, the ping pong balls being dropped on sure. the moose or whatever no it was uh mr moose would uh, that was his gag yeah i forget what he what he, he what would happen but something captain would have to say something and the yeah. ping pong balls would be dropped on his head. yeah yeah and he'd be like oh it's so great oh so frustrated it's so great but it's so silly yeah but i mean captain kangaroo is basically like it's basically a local t- kid t- kids TV show that had been picked up by on PBS and was broadcast thus nationally. Here's my here's my trivia question for you. Okay, why was he called Captain Kangaroo? Because uh, of his jacket it had pockets like a kangaroo. Very good. <laughs> yes, I am a big Captain Kangaroo nerd. Everyone, I, have- I used to I used to like when I was a kid seeing the uh, the opening where they'd have all these different people say good morning. To the captain, mm. like a little camera, but it was. I don't it, remember that at all. You don't remember that? No. So you'd have like all the characters from Mash would be like, "Good morning, Captain," oh. and it would be it would be shot on the set of whatever the yeah, show yeah, was. Yeah. But it was all like adult sets, so you'd have Columbo, yeah. "Good morning, Captain," and like you'd be there with a uh, cigar. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Captain would be, "Good morning," but like he would always the, the way he said "Good morning" was weird because it was like there was like all these people saying "Good morning," all these famous people, and they'd just be like, oh, "Good morning." <laughs> <laughs> like it was no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like oh, I'm very surprised to see the cast of cast of Mash is wishing me this. It's just like yeah, yeah. All right, this is my job. Let's yeah. get on with it. I gotta get some balls dropped in my head. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get this done. Gotta go talk to a rabbit for a while and watch some Gene Deitch cartoons. All right, let's go. They're not great. They're what not was great. it? Tom Terrific was the, the oh, the was it do Tom? I was keep. I think of the Tom and Jerry ones that Gene Deitch did. Mm. They're not great. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Tom Terrific. I'm trying to remember what else was on the show. I know there was the magic magic screen. I think Bill Cosby. Uh, What's the magic screen? Did he look into the screen and, and wish people happy birthday? That is a very good question. I'm not sure, but there was a magic screen that would draw things. Oh, okay, okay. And then I believe Bill Cosby, uh, you know, before what was he on? Would uh, do uh, his picture pages or something. You do like okay. a little bit Bill Cosby bit. Yeah, you know, and but yeah, they'd go to the screen and like then things would appear on the screen, like the cartoons, and that's how you'd mm. go into them. Mm. Yeah, I, which I get confused. Now you're not confusing that with with romper room, right? Where they would wish well, she had the magic mirror. Yeah. Well, no, she would just say. She wouldn't no, no, wish birthdays. Looked, she would just say names. I see you. I see David and Kenny and Wilma. Did she look through a mirror? Yeah. Did she hold up a mirror? And of course, she's just looking at a cue card through the mirror. But but Jimmy Patches, he had a TV as well. He would look he would look into the TV, and they had like a cutout shape of a television screen of that time. Oh, period, okay. A slightly rounded tube shape, you know. And then he would look at you, and then wish you happy birthday. And of course, I never. Never sent my name off for my birthday. I always, I always wanted to have. Well, on Romper Room, they would just say random names. 
of oh, of, is that what they, they were just like and I see um, I see you know Phil okay. and Jennifer <laughs> okay. and uh, and you'd wait and like would yeah. it be Ian and if it was we're like oh it's so great. Yeah, because she would look to, look in the, the the mirror. She would hold it up to her face. Yeah, and then there would be some surreal effect. Yeah, yeah. And then the mirror, you could see through the mirror, and and this was like, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you through the screen. Better not move, man. When I, I see what you're doing, put on some pants. When I was going through the terrible stress of going th- going to university, I um I kind of started watching kids shows again, mm-hmm. just because it was very soothing. Sure. For somebody who's just like really on edge, because you're constantly like behind you know you have all these things to do and you're always working so it's just nice to like come home and just watch you know just garbage like whatever but you know this is weird like at least i went through the same thing but she, for her it was she would re- read kids books she, okay that's where we got our like our, our huge collection of trixie belden books from was we found them at a bookstore in in fort langley and she loved them as a kid. And she's just like, oh, I'm going to buy all these books. So she just bought this big box Aww. of all these Trixie Belden books, which turned out to be smart because you actually don't find them very much. So it was like a, and the girls loved them too, of course, because they had, they had to get them read to them. But, but, uh, yeah, that's what she just couldn't read like novels. Like she couldn't read like adult novels. She just yeah. read these books from her youth that were just very soothing and very relaxing. Very easy on the brain. Later on in in life, when I've gone through stressful things, I do like playing retro video games. Yeah. 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 It, it takes you back. I guess it takes you back, but aren't they even more tense than modern ones? Cause just yeah, so... but it, that's the thing. It takes you back, but it's like you can't think about your troubles because okay, yeah. I got to get these battle toads <laughs> yeah. to the end. I can never play battle toads. I'm, I'm lying about that. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I like, I think, playing uh, Cuphead because it's so insanely hard. Yeah. That it's just like you do not have any problems while you're playing Cuphead because, God damn it, I got to fight that dragon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see. How close did I get to the end? No, like a millimeter. All right. Got to start again. Let's go. It's kind of, it's interesting. It's sort of healthy and unhealthy at the same time. Because there's a certain amount of avoidance to it. Yeah, but you, you know? need avoidance sometimes. I guess so. I guess so. You can't always meet every trouble head on, I suppose. No. It's no fun. This is why we need to go to the bathroom. Because there's sometimes you need to just sit and think. <laughs> and this true. is nature just saying, whoa, whoa, buddy. Whoa, buddy. Just go over there for a while. Well, to take it around in a big circle from the, when we're talking about the beginning of the show. Sure. Is, it's interesting because... Because I, I am an introvert, I do need my alone time. But I recognize when I need it. Mm-hmm. And I have no trouble, like, leaving a room and going away and doing something else. Like, I never feel obliged to stay with people when I'm feeling too, like, I'm feeling, like, overwhelmed with peopleness. Mm-hmm. That I just need some time for myself just to recharge. And I had, you know, and, if, and I guess I've always been that way. I mean, I, when I think about how much time I spend in my bedroom by myself as a kid and as a... And as a teenager, you know, I just that was just where I went to hide, yeah, and to and to just be away. And it wasn't that I didn't like my family or anything like that. It's just sometimes you well, need your battery charging. Station. Yeah, I just need to, you know, and that's why when when we lived between houses, when we sold our townhouse and didn't have a house yet, and we lived with Lisa's mom and dad, I had a very hard time living there mm. because there's a different rhythm. Their life is a different yeah. rhythm than our than, my, than our life. And then it was much harder to to go away. Because you're always a guest. And it's okay at home where you're not a guest to go go away and go downstairs or go up wherever, go outside. But there, you're just kind of stuck and you're always a guest. So you, it feels weird to like just go, well, I'm going to go <laughs> downstairs yeah. or whatever. And I remember Lisa commenting when we were younger, when we were first started going out, like if we got into a an argument about something or she said something that made me mad, I wouldn't get mad. I would just leave. 
I would just go away because I didn't want to fight about it. So I would just go somewhere where I could calm down and then come back again and just be, you know, because my anger isn't very long. Like I don't have like a long, I don't have like a long time that I hold grudges or whatever. Yeah. Like I just, so I just have to like walk around the house and come back in and go, okay. Again, again this does <laughs> sound, good. to take it back to the beginning, it's just like, it sounds like saturation point. And you go, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's enough for that. Oh, for sure. That's got to go that's, and drain and now uh, and drain. That's a big part of being an introvert. And that's why it's hard for extroverts to understand that because they don't have that saturation point. Yeah. You know, for and them, it feels like there's nothing wrong. Like it doesn't look like there's anything yeah. wrong. Nothing has changed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> You're, yeah. It's nothing has changed. It's just, it just yeah. got full and got full and got full. And um, that's, that's it. That's why I don't snap. I don't get mad because I know, I know my limitations. So I know when it's time to, to make a change. I don't know if I've got Asperger's, but I don't not have Asperger's. So it's like there's a certain point where that I think kicks in and you yeah. get what you, what you call like the Asperger's, uh, tantrum where it just becomes so overwhelming that you just gotta, bah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I used to back in the day self harm, which I don't do anymore. But, uh, but it was, yeah, it would just build up and it's just like, Rah! and mm. you know, it feels rude and people look at you like you're an asshole. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know what else to do. I'm like <laughs> on fire inside and yeah. then it'll uh, go away and then you feel a nice sense of shame. It really brings you down and just like, mm, boy, it's great. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like having pea soaked pants that you got to walk around in for a good hour afterwards. It's just great. I don't, I don't really want to talk about the circumstances, but yeah, I'm feeling a lot of shame today. So hum- humiliation and shame. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's uh, toxic. And uh, <laughs> it is. It's, and you know what? Uh, if someone is trying to make you feel that way, uh, let me just say, uh, fuck that. <laughs> just throw that out there well it's me so that's the uh, that's okay the well fuck that as well <laughs> if you're the one hurting yourself i would also say that so yeah. please don't uh and uh and do we have a second second question for this because otherwise i'm just going to go with something along the lines of uh what is something comforting from your childhood that you go to when you need a little bit of uh oh, like like uh, books or video mm. games or something. What's yeah. something that you find yourself going sure. for or that even kind of specific. You? I like specifics as well. Yeah. Like what specific things from your ch- from your childhood do you find comforting? I would put maybe I would think I would put Charlie Brown in that category. Like sitting and reading Peanuts for me. Yeah, sure. Really Pe- makes that's pretty good. Really makes me remember like my childhood, which I really associate with reading Charlie Brown. That was really important. I like reading card trick books. Okay. I don't understand them a lot of the times, but I but I enjoy <laughs> reading them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what was the first question again? What was the first one? I don't you? remember. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Dave will remember it. I will hear it the, well, when I'm as the he show. listens to to, yeah. the, to the show. And I'll and include it in the uh, yeah in the whatever. It all, it all makes sense. And uh, and I will send Dave a, uh, a Captain Kangaroo video that he will maybe also put on <laughs> for uh, sure. The thing. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I, for whatever reason, it never occurred to me to look. For for Captain Kangaroo on I'll sh- YouTube. I'll, I'll show you one or two after dum, this dum. is done. Um, so it's wrap, wrap them up time, Dave. Oh, we're going to wrap it up. Okay, well, wrap, everyone. Wrap, wrap, wrapping it up. We're going to wrap we, it up like a bow. We've mentioned it we're a couple wrap, times during the show, but let's make it official that uh, there's a new fan explainers that's come out. It's Ian and I talking about the rise of Skywalker. I don't want to spoil it, but we, uh, we had some opinions about it. And if you're curious what we thought, you're welcome to listen to it. But let me point out something we pointed out in the show, that if you enjoyed the last jedi you maybe aren't on board with uh t-ross t-ross 
It's going to be cold now. But as we also point out, if you enjoyed it, good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's good to enjoy things, yeah. and everyone enjoys a different thing. And there's that is it's all it's all fine. And that's why there's so many great things out there that are different. Yep, that's what makes it fun. So yeah. You know, if you want to listen and list your opinions and we make you infuriated and you want to give us what for, (laughs) here's how you can do it, everyone. You can uh, go to our Patreon. Go to our Patreon. That's where you give us $4, $4 a month. And they say, I'm giving you what for. That's right. (laughs) And that certainly does help. But if you want to comment, you can go to our website. It's called (laughs) SneakyDragon.com. We have comment boards there you're welcome to post under under the episodes and leave comments and leave uh funny little stories and things we'd love to hear from you and you can also find us on facebook at sneaky dragon you can find us on twitter at sneaky underscore dragon and you're welcome to personally write to us at sneaky d at sneaky dragon.com that's our email address which just goes to ian and i and we can see your thoughts and uh feelings and you don't have to share them with anyone else so yes those are ways you can contact us don't forget Listening Party is also out. Mary and I uh, listening to my best, my favorite songs. I don't want to say best of because that's silly, but my favorite songs that I remembered to put onto a list at the end of 2019 is what we're calling this. And it's a lot of really great music that maybe you haven't heard before. And it's out there and uh, just for you to hear and uh, maybe appreciate some artists. Aldous Harding. Sure. Uh, Shannon, Shannon Lay. Um, Wise Blood. My, one of my favorite bands has been a lot on Listening Party, White Denim, but all of them have just put out great albums last year. So, Pinky and the Buzzfeeds. Pinky and the Buzzfeeds, sure. I the Amazing heard Fleck. Amazing Fleck. Bella yeah. Fleck. Is that this yeah. new band that he put out? The Amazing Fleck? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Mugs okay. and Jugs. Mugs and Jugs. Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh-huh. Well, and okay. Speed Hole. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's a take. Uh, the Speed Ball, they broke up, but they've reformed a Speed Hole. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Uh it's a combination of some of the members of Speedball with some of the members from Courtney Love's band Hole. Yeah. And the, obno- the Obnoxious Five. The Obnoxious Five. Or this show, which is called The Obnoxious Two, or also known as Sneaky Dragon. We thank you all for listening. And uh, please feel free to participate in our silly show. We'll see you again next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Four twenty-three. Four twenty-three. Yeah. Now that that matters, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Wait, but you know what? Divisible by three. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right.